What's up, everybody? Um, this is Michael, uh, and we're back. Sportsman shit is back. It's been a few weeks. Um, but we're back. We're finally back. Summer kind of separated us. Jobs were apart. So we're back, and here we are. Um, my co-host, Philip, would like to say a few words. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on the pod. I, I realize, you know... I guess we'll leave a lot of this up for, for speculation among the sportsmanship fan base, but there's been some internal movement, strife, potentially. I didn't say that. I'm just surmising. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be here for a little while. We'll, we'll see. But it's good to be on and talk some sports and, and some shit. Philip, glad to have you here, man. Frankly, I'm super excited for what the future brings. I love the energy you bring, the innovation and the dedication. We're recording this at 11.30 on a Tuesday night. We both have work in the morning. Philip had to drive here. That shows his dedication and heart for this podcast. And we hope you all enjoy this episode. So without further ado, we will do a quick recap of what y'all missed since we've been gone a few weeks. Okay, I'll tell you what. Months. Mm, Jokic, baller, they won the championship. He put up a fight. Bruce Kepka. Champion. Wyndham Clark, champion. What else? Wimbledon. Wimbledon. That was actually cool. Alcaraz. I mean, what's this thing? The little drop shot? Alc- yeah. Alcatraz drop shot. Alcatraz. Okay. Um, like one other thing is... I feel like we're missing something. Oh, yeah. Braves. They're absolutely demolishing. Go ahead and put your futures in while you still can before it gets to be not even worth it. Yeah. If you, if you listen to the last episode anonymous if you're listening now turns out mike is confirmed braves fan now i know that there was some uh always have skepticism there you know what i'll post the picture on instagram of me and my dad at a braves game when i was two maybe three but i was a youngin always always a fan chipper jones days jason hayward Mm -hmm. yeah okay well we don't want to bore y'all with the recaps from months so we'll move on um let's get into it so, as always, we'll stick with what we know. We'll go to the Clown of the Week. Clown of the Week is, and this award is brought to us by Hawkins Head. Thank you, Hawkins. My Clown of the Week is DJ Khaled. That guy. Have you ever sat on your phone and just watched videos of DJ Khaled? Because they'll make you laugh until you can't no more. Um, I, I've been trying not to be on my phone as much lately, but whenever I see a DJ Khaled video of him saying whatever he's saying, it just keeps me on there. Um, and I thought I would mention Khaled. This week. So, so he's a clown in a good way. In a great way. Clowns uh, are not always bad. Okay. Well, I, yeah, my understanding was on this podcast, you know, it's normally in a bad way. So I was just clarifying, but. It's not always a bad way. Yeah, that's perfectly It's an interesting way. I just didn't, I was a little confused, but. Clowns make you laugh. Fair enough. Sometimes. Um, but I thought I would use college since we're talking mainly today about the British Open golf podcast today. And most of his re- videos recently have been about golf. Let's golf. Let's go golfing. <laughs> and he just stares at the camera with a sideways face. Sometimes I don't know if this guy's actually like capable of like actual thoughts. Other times I think he's just doing it for fun. I can't tell. But today he played, or yesterday he played golf with Michael Block. Michael Block did a chip in. And I saw a grown DJ Khaled jump into Michael Block's hands. That will make you laugh. Look that one up, guys. Uh, Phil, he was on the you... cover of Golf Digest. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Who, Khaled or Block? 
No, Colin. No way. Maybe Block too. Dude, yeah. honestly, golf is like getting way more popular though. So like oh, in yeah. a way, this is good for the sport. All the golf YouTubers, all the controversy right now, good for golf. Uh, I think we should move on. New section. I'm you, coming. You don't in. have a clown. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't prepare. I gotta admit. I'm sorry. Philip, I, I you are a clown. I don't want to have a bad clown, so I'm just gonna go no clowns. Okay. However, I think this next section the listeners will like. Okay. It, it's a new one that we came up with, and it's called. Do you want? Do you want to say? It you you, you got it. You got it. Just do it justice. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. Basically, this, this segment is what. It's for hot takes and. And just takes in general, doesn't have to be sports related, just things that make you say, well, I don't know about that. So you want to start us off? I can start us off. And honestly, like there's no, there's no structure to this segment. For instance, if Philip says a take and I agree with it, I still have to say, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, that's just what makes the segment a segment. So to start, after Steph Curry's championship win in golf this past weekend, I truly believe that Stephen Curry could win a major championship. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that one. I'm not going to lie. You, you think Steph Curry, after winning the celebrity tournament in Lake Tahoe, is going to win a major? Yeah, he won that championship on an eagle. The guy's a natural winner. He puts balls in holes, balls in baskets. His hand-eye coordination <laughs> is insane. What can he do? Win a major championship. I don't think I don't think he could make a cut. I don't think he could sniff a cut on the PGA Tour. That being said, he's a great golfer, a lot better than I am. But his index is plus one point three. I think. I think most PGA Tour golfers are like pretty close to plus double digits. I might need a fact check. Well, I don't know about that, Philip. <laughs> uh, let's just yeah. let's just say Stephen Curry can golf at the very least. All right. Well, fair enough. Changing gears a little bit to my to my take this week, and it's about college football. We're not going to dive into that too much this week, just to save some uh, for next week. And we want to talk about the British Open. But my take is that Vanderbilt will have more wins, or will have a better record than the Florida Gators in football this year. Well, Philip, I completely agree. No, you're, you're supposed to say What am I supposed to say? I'm kidding. Well, I don't know about that. All right. Let, well, me, let me hear it. And, and here's my rationale. I don't think that necessarily means that I'm saying Vanderbilt is better or is going to be better than Florida. But when you break down both of their records, I think it's likely that they'll finish with a better record. I just want to run through them real quick. Vandy starts the year off. Their first four games are... Hawaii, Alabama, A&M, Wake, and UNLV. I think it's most likely they come out of that 3-1. and one. It's possible they win all of them. And then they go Kentucky, Missouri, Florida. I think that they can easily get two of those. Then Georgia's at an L. Ole Miss, Auburn, South Carolina. I think they could get two more of those. And then Wait, Tennessee. Which two more of what? Of... Uh, Ole Miss, Auburn, and South Carolina. You think they can win two of those games? <laughs> All right. I revised my statement. I think they could win one. I think they could beat. Well, they, they might go 0-3. And, uh, and then they finish with Tennessee. I don't think they're winning that. But you never you know. Flipped you just it, never you flipped know. You Florida. They're starting with Utah. 
they almost lost to them last year. They pulled off a nice one in the swamp, they'll, but they'll they're lose going. To Utah. Yeah, Utah. It's, it's also Florida is a disaster at the quarterback position. I I, I don't know who they're going to be starting. Graham Mertz, if they if they start Graham Mertz, they might not win a single game in the SEC. So, you know, I think I think that Florida is going to struggle a lot, and they have a harder schedule. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but they don't have as many cupcake games as. Uh, Vanderbilt does, for example, they got to finish with Florida State, who's been getting a ton of preseason hype. So, I, I mean, that, yeah, that's my well. I don't know about that take of the week. That's not a bad one, man. Schedules are definitely a factor every year. Um, you either got good ones or you don't. Um, yeah. And I, you know something to, about Florida with their schedule. Florida right now is on one of the hottest recruiting teams in the country. Absolutely destroying it under Billy Napier. But. What if I mean it remains they have to be a terrible record? Do you keep whether them? they can put those players to use? They had Anthony Richardson, fourth overall pick, and barely made a bowl game. But what I'm saying is, you know, they don't get these players in, you know, 2024. So that's next year. So if if Billy Napier has a bad year this year, do you just say, hey, he can stay because he's got this good recruiting class, or do you say you got to go? I think it just, de- it just depends. We'll on find how out. Bad. We can talk about it more next on week. How bad? But that's if they give. Four and eight, I would have a really hard time seeing him back. But I think I think six and six, he'll he'll still be there. We'll see. All right, moving along. Main topic of the week. We're recording right now. It's Tuesday night, and British Open coming up, less than forty eight hours away. And yeah, we're just gonna dive into it. So it's the hundred and fifty first Open at Royal, and Liverpool. Royal Liverpool in Hoyloik. Definitely did not say that right. England. But it's going down to England this, this week or this year. And, uh, yeah, it should be exciting. Last major of the year. And Cam Smith defending his title. Who do you like? Well, you know, I have a few guys I always tend to lean toward. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I will continue <laughs> to do so. But I just want to shout out. Golf, and I did it earlier, but golf is, is rolling right now, and it's so sad that we're in the we're in the damps of summer. This is the sport, the sporting dead period. What would you call this? What are the damps of summer? When there's well, the damps of summer of sports, like the, the damp of summertime is when there's no oh, okay. sports. Yeah, yeah. NBA ended. MLBs was on a break. They're picking back up, but I mean, come on, hockey's over. There's nothing. You're just waiting for football. And until then, you have a few majors to keep you going. And thank you, golf, for doing that. Well, let, let's start with the, the betting favorites and just roll through a couple of the top names. And I've got a few thoughts of my own. I'm sure you will. But uh, so best odds, Rory, it's Scotty. Gotta be Rory. Rory and Scotty have the best odds by far. Rory's plus 525, Scotty plus 750, then followed by Rahm and Ricky at plus 1,200. Tommy Fleetwood and Victor at plus fifteen hundred, then Cam Smith and Kepka at plus eighteen hundred. So that's the top eight. Why don't we just start there? I would say Rory has a bunch of pressure, honestly. Yeah. Coming off a win. He won here last time I was played here. Was that twenty fourteen? The guy thinks he's playing really good golf. He's the favorite. Yeah. And whenever that happens, you think, wow, he's playing really good, but just because he's so favorited, you just don't know. Yeah, I think Rory, I agree. So much pressure. He won in 2014 last time the Open was at this course. 
And also, from a betting standpoint, there's no there's no value in plus 525 for somebody to win outright, so I really don't like that play. And I also think it's really, really hard to win back-to-back on tour. Yeah, and you know, for our betting guys out there, which I don't do, and hopefully Philip doesn't either, we're above that, Philip. Agreed. But if you have a guy with those odds in a golf tournament, you never take that. You never, ever should take that. You, you could get those same odds for the same guy, even if he was in contention, on the second to last day. And that you would at least know what's going on, at least. And, you know, odds are it's not always going to be like that. Um, the occasional Scotty Scheffler recently, Tiger Woods guys will come through and they'll be the favorite and they'll win. Yeah, John Rahm a few times. But when you see those odds, you just got to wait and be like, hey, there might be a little live bet situation on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Yeah, that's how, you, that's how you got to play it, I think. Uh, I, I also think it's really interesting to see Ricky Fowler as tied for the third best betting odds. I know that he's been white hot this year, but... Gosh, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't ever won a major, and I, I just I haven't seen that name tied for third in betting odds in a major in a long time. So I'd love to see Ricky do well. I don't really love that play. And then uh, I think anytime you get Kepka at plus eighteen hundred, uh, plus eighteen hundred in a major, I mean that that's got to be worth a sprinkle if you are, you know, gonna be betting on this, which we're not. But yeah, about that though. Based off of what you've seen Kepka been doing, you would be like, for sure, that's a great value. Can he keep it up after his stint of partying, not <laughs> blinking? I mean, this guy, he's been yeah. on a, a bender, so. That was like two months ago, though. And I, he was I think doing something very similar not too long ago, like last weekend, it looked like. so. Well, I think that's something that's always been part of his routine, and I don't really so you, think that'll affect maybe that. That's how he plays well. That could be a different way to look at it. Also, I wanted to talk about Scotty for for a second here. Love Scotty. Saw that he he's finished top twelve in nineteen straight tournaments, which is just, I mean that that's mind blowing. But oh, yeah. I, I was listening to the radio on my way to work this morning. Brad Faxon was saying that there's going to be unusual wind at the course this week. I don't know what that means, but there's going to be unusual wind and. It doesn't favor Scotty's left to right ball flight, so apparently, apparently that's gonna be a factor. But all, at the same time, it's like almost every top player plays a fade, so I don't really know why they were talking about that. Yeah, I feel like that's their good specifically to Scotty, but maybe Scotty's known just for his fade. But that's interesting too because all what I've been reading about the tournament um, is obviously the weather's gonna be a, a, a factor in any of those mm-hmm. tournaments over there. So, and start yeah. start times as well. Um, but Scotty, all these guys are like top 10 lock. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. So it's interesting to hear this side of it. Yeah. Um, weather well, is definitely a factor. Also, something that I wanted to, to mention, this isn't really like that hot of a take at all, but I really like Morikawa at plus 2,800. He, I concur. So apparently, well, he won the British Open in 2020, I think, and, but it was a really weird year where there wasn't a lot of weather. It was hot, but I've been reading up on the course. Apparently, it favors the best ball strikers, and and Morikawa is that guy. And he hasn't played particularly well this season, but he's made a little bit of noise lately, and still he plays really well in majors. He's has six top tens in his last ten majors, so that's a really good track record. So I like the guy Morikawa. It's a ball strikers course, and you know he's somebody that's not one of like the top. 10-15 favorites, but he, he's right there in the mix, and I think that I think that's a good play. 
Let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm looking and something I saw the last time that a, a guy from the Great Britain has won this tournament. It's been, someone's I think said nine presidents of the United States has passed through office. And in the betting odds, there's one guy up there. Who's that? Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. What do you think about him? He's been playing good. Obviously, that heartbreaking loss with a huge putt. Yeah. No, it, Tommy. On him? I think the biggest thing for Tommy is like if he can put a full tournament together. He's had his flashes. He obviously was in that playoff at the Canadian Open and put put up a 63 on Sunday, I think, at the U.S. Open, but. He hasn't really been able to put together a complete tournament thus far. And I'd love to see an Englishman win on English soil, but he's never won on tour before, and I think it's really rare for somebody to get their first win in a major. So for the, for those reasons, for those I, reasons, I would probably be staying away. I'm out. For those pr- reasons, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know? Yeah. Well... What about John Rahm? I mean, yeah, he's. All, I feel like he's always going to be in the conversation. I don't have. He's kind of died back a little since. since I don't the have Masters. strong feelings, really, but I mean, he's obviously top two player in the world, so never going to be surprising to see him up there. Tom Kim played phenomenal last week. I know you're a big Tom. I'm Kim a big guy. Tom Kim guy. The guy's only what 21 years old. Just had his first beer in America. Yep. Absolutely baller. Absolutely baller, and I, I will be pulling for him a little bit via Kraken, if you know what I'm saying. Shout out Josh Lipsitz. Shout out who? Josh Lipsitz. Yeah. You don't know this guy, but trust me, lucky you. Uh, oh, he, he's actually been uh, swiping up on some of the... Yeah, he's a fan. He's a, he's a daily listener. Shout out Josh. Um, you know, he's, he's the, at the law office this summer. Be doing good work, man. Get off your Twitter. Seems like you do 30 tweets a day. Do some work. Also, I wanted to point your out... Your tweets are mid. <laughs> Succession sucks. John Daly is playing, and just as a fan of the game, hard not to be excited about that. Hopefully he can make the cut or something. I think he's probably. I think he's actually last in the odds, so definitely not, you know... If you believe what the sports books have to say, luck is not on his side, but we'll see. He's a, he's a legend, so you never know. So it's interesting. Some of the best I'm looking at some of the best golfers with in the win, and a few names that we've talked about come up: Roy McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson comes up, Jason Day comes up, Jordan Spieth comes up. So these are some of the guys that you would think. We haven't really talked about Dustin, maybe even uh, Cameron Smith. Some of these live guys, other than Brooks, who pretty good at golf. Yeah. There's another name I'd like to mention. I'm glad you brought that up about the win. Two names, actually. And these, these names both have a caveat. And this is if the wind really picks up and the weather. I like these guys. So these are weather and, guys. And they're, and they're, yeah, these are weather guys. And they're also sleeper picks. Okay. Joaquin Neiman and Minwoo Lee. Minwoo Lee, love it. Love Min Woo Lee probably has the best stinger on tour right now. So he, his game naturally fits the British Open conditions. And Joaquin Neiman also hits it really low. And he's also a stud. I know that he went over to live. He's one of the few live guys that I actually like. Yeah, full swing. I liked him on full swing. Yeah. Full the swing. Ch- the Chilean. Stuff. So 
Yeah, those are my weather guys. I think that's a good good bet, you know? Keep it out of the wind. Keep it low. These guys do that all the time. Why not when it matters? Yeah. Another guy that I think we should keep an eye out on is young Max Homa. The uh, guy doesn't stop losing in major championships until now. <laughs> I, think, I think his time is, is right. And I say that every single time. If you've been listening to our golf previews for the Masters and beforehand, you know that I'm a Max Homa guy ever since the President's Cup, even before that. I believe in him. You know, he's, he's not good in the majors, but there's just something about this golf tournament in Liverpool, man. There's something about it that's saying Max Home is going to win it. And if it happens, you heard it here from me first. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's, a, that's a good that. use right there. That's a good one. I, I mean, I like Max Home as a person. I hope he does well, but his... His track record's been pretty terrible this year, and yeah, I don't know about that. All right, here, give me this one. Another take here. What if there's an older guy, 40 to 50s or above, in contention on the mix on Sunday? These are your Westwoods, your, your Rose, and your Phil Mickelson type. These guys are vintage. I know what to yeah. do in all conditions. That'd be fun. I think I think Phil is definitely the most well maybe Justin Rose but what I was gonna say about Phil is he's definitely the most unpredictable player in golf both on and off the course. For example, That's a good point. Crazy story after all the live drama goes T two with an epic Sunday at the Masters but misses the cut at the U S Open in LACC. He's a California guy. A lot of people thought he was gonna make a run there. Nope. Did he play that close. course all the time or didn't he? Potentially, I'm sure he's played it before. But uh. But point is, I mean, Phil, I feel like he's one of those guys where he's either going to shoot 14 over on the first two days and miss the cut by a mile, or he's going to be, like, top 10 on Sunday. So, All right. I don't know. Okay. So, a lot of speculation overall with the weather. To finish this out, give me one guy you think is going to win. A sleeper, and then also a guy you know will be in the mix. That's okay. three guys. Somebody who, A sleeper, somebody who's going to win... And someone will be in the mix. Like a top 10 guy. Top 15. <laughs> Alright, well... My sleeper's gonna be... And the be, top guy, top 15 guy. Like, you don't, you don't think he's gonna win, but you know he'll be up there. That's like what that means. Interesting. Okay, well... I think that my, my in-the-mix guy is gonna be Victor Hovland. When is he not? Actually... Okay, yeah. Victor is my in-the-mix. And then... Sleeper, I already said this, I'm going to double down. Either Minwoo Lee or Joaquin Neiman. And then my winner, this is, mm, I was going to say somebody else, but I'm going with my guy, Scotty. Scotty. I know I just said that about the win and stuff, but he's been playing too good of golf to not get a win, and he clearly has the nerves and the experience to to win a major, so yeah, I like Scotty. And also, why, why have we not talked about Cam Smith? He is so good. He's the reigning champ. He's, did you see his quote where he's like, I already told my mates we're going to be drinking out of this jug in the next like next week. So he's cocky. He, he likes his chances. He, he loves beer too, man. Got to respect what he's doing. Yeah. Can't disagree with that one. So I, I didn't really give you a straight answer, but... 
I think my point is, I think this is a tournament that will be won by one of the favorites, like somebody in the top 10. That's just my personal opinion, but I think there's too many good play. I think there's too many good players at the top that are just above the pack that they can do what it takes for four rounds in a major. So for those reasons, someone in the top 10. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty not hot take. But. So, you know, one of our daily listeners is a McElroy guy. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> I don't like to stick with what, uh, what the guys think is going to happen, what the favorite is. As much as I think Rory McIlroy is going to be in contention, he's got a lot of pressure, maybe too much pressure. So I'm going to stick away from him as my favorite. But first, I'll give you my sleeper. We kind of talked about him, but I feel like he's, he has never won really, so I feel like I can call him a sleeper. Still balling out Tom Kim. That's my sleeper. Okay, I like that. That's my sleeper. Top, top block in the mix, not going to win, Morikawa. I just don't think he's got that winning in him again right now, but I do think he can compete. And ultimately, the winner of this tournament will be none other than first-time major champion, Max Homa. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, well, we well, got that out. Wait, that's also, a perfect segue to our next... To our next section. Wait, real fast, real fast. For the listeners out there, what's the listening like for the tournament? Like, when does it even come on? Like, when do I watch this tournament if it's all the way across the, across the pond? I don't know the coverage. It's been a nightmare this year, so... Yeah, that's I, true. The Google... So they're ahead of Google's, us. Google's going to have to be the answer on that one. They, the PGA Tour, I'm glad you brought that up, cannot figure it out. The coverage is a nightmare. Oh, with the... With the with it the, ended on the ESPN Plus. Well, yeah, with, with the Scottish Open, people had to uh, watch... The final round on streaming, like streaming or something. Yeah, and then also apparently like the camera angle for Rory's winning putt was basically of his butt. Like you couldn't even really. It was, it was like it, behind. No, that him. was terrible. And so golf is going in the right direction. I hope they don't mess it up with some. Yeah, they some, they got to get that figured out. With some guys, you know, corporate guys trying to figure out who's gonna show it on TV. That would be a real tr- tragic. But they're ahead of us, so you got to keep that in mind this weekend, which makes for an interesting Sunday to watch it. So love it. Well, we just talked about a lot of guys. So a lot of guys. We we, we got our bases covered. I feel like feel we're like pretty good. If whoever, whoever wins, we wins, probably win. We, we probably predicted it because we talked about everyone. And said we did. Much everyone, could but win. I think we should stick to our, our three guys we just mentioned. Fair enough. All right, new section on sportsmanship, starting live now. Collins. Collins. We got and our first guest on the phone. Oh, calling right now. <laughs> calling right now. Well, he, he called me a second ago, a little too early, but so so that's ringing. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Joe Connie, you're on air. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I got about 30 seconds. I wanted to ask you guys about uh, when you guys are going to talk about fly fishing. Uh, this, this episode was for golf. We're definitely going to hit that. We're going to have a few guests on. We're going to have the fly fishing extraordinaire. Owen Murray himself. I don't know about that. <laughs> that all right, good. Well, you, I just want you guys to have your show encompassing all sports because, you know, we fly fishermen and take our stuff really seriously. Thank, well, thank you, Joe. I don't know about that. You have any, any takes about uh, other sports? Or do you have any takes about fly fishing? Like, dang, yeah, yeah, that yeah, trout's yeah. a hard trout. <laughs> uh, Uh-oh. I think we lost him. He's probably fly fishing right now. He's yeah, out in I, I Montana actually, or something. I actually have his location. Oh, he's back. I don't know. We lost you there, man. We didn't hear that. Yeah, we lost you for a second. 
All right, I gotta go. <laughs> good talk, good talk. Wow, just like that. But you know, that's a good point though. There, we talk about the basic sports, football, basketball, Don't worry. golf. We're gonna have, we, we, we need to have some caller. We need to have Bear grills, man. We need to have some hunting and fishing yeah, episodes. I, I know I shut Joe down, but I think that's that, a good point. That would be. Thank you, Joe, because, if you're listening. Yeah, we're all sports, not just ball sports. We had another caller while we were on the phone with the previous guest, so I'm giving him a ring back right now. And it's it's good timing because this is a golf expert. Oh. Yeah, you know, I mean, this, seg- this segment, we're main live. We're very candid with our listeners, and in, we, we like it that way. We have y'all do, too. We don't, we don't, we don't edit here, so this no. is what you get. You can hear the live phone ringing. This guy's just called in. Let's see what's going While on. While we're listening, Philip and I would like to say, shout out Chick-fil-A. Philip and I had a little Chick-fil-A the other day. We walk in into a little kind of strip center in downtown Charlotte. The line is all the way past the Starbucks, which is the good, I don't know, 50 yards down the, the hallway. Philip looks at me and he says, shoot, should we leave? How long is this going to take? So, Philip, I come here every day. We'll be out of here in five minutes. And we were. We were. Thank that, you, Chick-fil-A. And, that, man, y'all run a tight ship. Yeah. Wish y'all ran more things, honestly. If, if everything was run by Chick-fil-A, I think we'd have world peace. Like, they, they just do it right. They do. They in every single way. They they have the iPads out at the front of the line. They waste no time. When, you're not in your car. Machine. They have an iPad at the front of the line, so all you have to do when you get to the front is tap your card. Also, let's talk about the Chick Fil A app. It's like a game oh for gosh. eating fresh. It is. It's like oh, you want a free chicken biscuit in a week? Just go to Chick Fil A four times. I already do that. So basically, I get a free Chick Fil A biscuit every week. But some places don't have it. Like the place we went to, they don't have it. Yeah. I mean. What are they doing? No, no, they do. They do? I've used it there, yeah. How? That's like, well, we'll save that for later. But We'll save that for off. I got some cash in my Chick-fil-A app I haven't used in a while, and I'm just, it's just in there. That's a free meal, honestly. Uh, while we're sitting here, our next oh. car. Hello, Mr. McPhail, you're on the air. Sportsman shit, what's up, y'all? Uh, it's good to be on the air. I just wanted to drop in, say hey to my boys, drop in a few open picks. Uh, nice to see both Rory and Ricky in the field at Royal Hoylake. Uh, let's see, as y'all know, last time uh, Rory came first, Ricky came second. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's flipping it. But uh, I'm at, okay. Uh, so you you I'm have Ricky Fowler winning. <laughs> Technical difficult. Walker, repeat. Who do you have winning? Ricky Fowler, 100%. Got it, man. Thanks, Ricky. C- coming from Ricky himself. <laughs> that's a great take. Love it. Why do you like his yeah, game gonna, at this course? Uh, it's orange on Sunday. Ricky's going to do great. Uh, when did you on the back nine? He'll be sliding it low. Uh, I got all my money on him for Sunday. So. All right. Love the pick. There, Love there it. you have it. Pulling for him, too, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Any, any, other, any other takes you'd like to share while you're on the air? Oh, uh, let's see. I got Kurt Kitayama top ten. Wow. Sleeper pick. Wow. From the Raptors. Yeah. Coming out of left field. You you got to give us a little bit of insight on that one. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's usually those guys you don't really think you're gonna make something happen. You put all your money on like Brooks, DJ, Rory, all those guys top ten. But I mean, Kurt Kitayama, you know, just coming out of the woodwork. Played really well last year. Who knows what he could do this year? 
Love it. All right, I like it. Walker, uh, stay safe up there, man. We know the we know the air quality is terrible. It's even coming down here to Charlotte, where we are right now. So, just don't breathe. All right, all right. Sportsmanship, good to be on. Peace out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Adios. Peace out, man. Peace out. Well, um, I think that'll do it for our call-ins. Next time, you know, we know the quality was kind of weird on the phone, doing a speaker. If we had some headphones, we'd be able to make it right. Uh, you know, we'll get those for y'all. So, we want to talk a little bit about football. Not a lot, because we're going to get into football in the following weeks, in the dead period. But, yeah. we're going to talk about some running back situation in the NFL. We can talk about that. I think, I think we should. I think... It's been, a, it's been a tale of all times. You, you go back to DeMarco Murray. Who'd they choose, Des Bryant or DeMarco? I think they chose Des Bryant. You go back to Le'Veon, Bill, Le'Veon Bell, sitting out a year trying to get money, and now he says he regrets doing so. And then you have some of the best running backs in the NFL right now, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, who rightly, rightly so deserve to get paid their, you know, their, their quality of play, and, and they're not doing so. Running back, they think, is a position where you only have a few years of your prime. You get hit a ton, and they don't think they're going to pay you a ton of money when they can find a backup or someone else just like you in a few years to do the same thing. Yeah. So It's sad, really. It's been an interesting situation, and it's kind of developing in a – like, I don't know what made it come to a head necessarily. I guess the upcoming deadline for new contracts, but – and as much as I hate to say this – because I think that some of the NFL draft scouts are just complete chotches when they're like tweeting this out, and because those guys have never played a snap in the NFL, and it's like, all right, man, like who are you to talk, and who am I to talk? But at the same time, I think they have a valid point. And my only basis for this is being a Panthers fan. Last year, traded away our beloved Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was an absolute stud for the Panthers. However, he couldn't stay healthy. And as much as I loved having him, I think that trading him was indeed the right move because as soon as he left, our running back production didn't just stay the same. It actually got better. Well, arguably better. But it it stayed roughly the same. Deontay Foreman, Raheem Blackshear, and Chuba Hubbard all did extremely well. Actually, after like I think maybe two or three games after McCaffrey was traded, the Panthers set the all-time first half rushing record on a New Year's Eve game against the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that it ever went downhill that much from there. So it's like McCaffrey's a stud. There's no doubt about it. And McCaffrey himself is good because he can catch passes too. But it's like their their uh, longevity is not nearly as long as other positions. So it, it really makes you question whether they're worth like dishing out a huge contract. And I think, but also back to what I was saying about like Panthers turned to three guys in the absence of McCaffrey and our production was the same. It's like, that's one guy. It's, it's yeah. Well, it's how much they pay in all those three guys. <laughs> we got some noise outside, but my point is I feel like anybody can really fill the hole. There's so a, there's you, a you agree with the, the GMs right now. To an extent. I think that the elite running backs in the league really, really add value to their team. Like the John McKen- Taylor. Yeah, yeah. JT. Austin Eckler does a ton for his team. Et cetera. But going – there's 32 teams in the league. There's not 32 elite running backs. And – So that makes your point. If there's not 32 elite running backs, why shouldn't they pay the elite running backs? They're 
a, you know, a solid amount of money. I don't think that it's not that they should pay the elite running backs, but I think that there's more guys who consider themselves to be elite running backs than are. I think that that's always been the case. Let, let me give you position. let me give you an example. Like who are some of the guys that haven't been paid that are upset? Well, <laughs> I my point is I think that there's guys who aren't elite who think they are. Well, I think you can. I mean, dude, I'm just thinking of so many good running backs right now, just in my head. Like, I mean, anywhere you look, there's a good running back, really, minus a few exceptions. I think Alvin Kamara yeah. is solid. You go up to, to Cleveland. They, they had two solid. Now they have one. Kareem Hunt somewhere. Forgot where. Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I think Derrick Henry. Another thing, though, that nobody's really talking about is the longevity piece. That, no, that's, that's the, the biggest factor. From that a GM factor. standpoint, it's like, do I really want to dish out a $100 million five-year contract to a guy who probably won't be elite for five years. It's like, it's not that there aren't I mean, elite running backs in the league. It's that those guys, you don't know if they're going to last the duration. That, and that's where it is. That's where it is because these guys, they're not as big as, you know, the D-line and line, like linebackers per se, you know, unless you're Derrick Henry, but they they run full speed into those guys every play. So, yep. and it, it takes a toll. As you go, Elliot, you know, two years ago, three years ago, top back in the league, now free agent. Yeah. So I mean, I respect replaced by a guy that like oh he can do your job just as good as you, Tony Pollard. Yep. Uh, you know, interesting. Like uh, Miles Sanders was on the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and they're like, oh, we don't need you to get back here. We're, we're getting rid of you. So it is definitely interesting. There's only been one running back to make over a hundred million dollars in his NFL career. That's crazy. Guess who that was? That is crazy. Who? Adrian Peterson. And he yeah. played for fifteen years. So probably made around $7 million on average. Yeah. So, which is still crazy because, I mean, some of these receivers are making 20-something million a year, and their counterpart at running back is making a third of that. So, I mean, we don't get, you know, we talking about it, but can't get too much deeper into, into it than that. Yeah. All right, let's shift gears a bit. College football. We got another new section this week, which is where I'm just – it's going to – it's going to be called Rapid Fire Boomer Bust. I'm about to give you five college football quarterbacks. You haven't heard them. He hasn't heard these names. So he's hearing these live. And you're just going to have to give me your gut reaction. Boom, do bust. You, do you want like an explanation and, or just yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, bust, leave? No, slight explanation. Okay, I'll give you a slight explanation. Um, and I think this is a good segue. This is our last segment. And next week we will be doing an SEC Breakdown our first conference breakdown before the college football season, right after SEC Media Days, going to be a lot to talk about. It's going to be interesting. Some interesting things have already been said. Yeah. We might have a few call-in guests yeah, at yeah. different schools. We might have a different, a different guy at different SEC schools call in. We have a Georgia guy, Josh Lipsitz, a Carolina guy um, named, I think some people call him Stanky. But um, he might be our guy at USC. And SEC athletes outside of... Football, basketball, baseball. You know, we, we may or may not be having a special guest. If you've been well, following along Phillip, on our Instagram, Phillip, Phillip, Phillip. Phillip, keep you it probably keep know it. what I'm alluding to. But you're just going to have to stay tuned and, and see what happens next week. But before that, yeah, let's not talk. Bust. Let's not talk about that right now. We, we, um, First quarterback. We got guys for, from Auburn, LSU. If, you know, if you're a listener and you want to be your guy for your school in the SEC preview next week, text us. Uh, but yeah, this last segment, and um, 
that'll be it. What's up, Philip? Right. Well, the only preface I'm going to give you is these are a lot of all these quarterbacks are guys who are getting a lot of preseason hype, but that's the only common thread. So, without further ado, first guy, Drake May. Dude, I really want to say like bust Boomer bust is hard because like he's so popular right now. Everyone's gonna say he's being a boom. I don't think it's gonna be as big as everyone says he is, but I don't think he'll be a bust. I'm gonna go, but can I say mid? Can I have to say Boomer bust? I'll go boom. I'll go boom. He's good, man. He's a good player. I like the call. Number two, Bo Nix. Bust. Skip. Continue. Agreed. Duh. Agreed. God, he, he, he's scared of the SEC. He had to get out of here. And then the one time he played a team, what was it? 60, it was like 48 to 3. Yeah, something like that. And they, they did fine in their conference, but whatever. Next guy on the list, none other than Spencer Rattler. Man, I only have one thing to say to this. I will love it if he booms, and I'll cry if he busts. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Joe Milton. He's got a ton of hype right now. I'm not on his hype train as much as him. He does have the biggest arm in college football. You know, I, I pull for everybody. I think that, that'd be a cool story. Obviously, in Hypo's offense, it could, be, it could be really good. And even though he failed at Michigan and he failed to beat out Hooker, so this is his third try, they still think he'll be good. With that said, I'm leaning towards Boom. I like it. That was some good rationale, too. Caleb Williams. Bust. Any any thoughts? Just compared to like last year. Obviously, he's a great player. Probably gonna be the first pick in the draft. But uh, his painted fingernails can stay over there, and they can not win the Heisman again. I just think that's hard to do. And I honestly think that even if he does ball out again, just like he did last year, voters at the end of the day are gonna be hard to like. They're not gonna have a hard time giving it to him again. So, and honestly, I'm not a huge fan of him. As a guy, as a person, boom. I mean, bust. bust. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really hard to follow up a Heisman season, too. Next guy, last guy on the list, Michael Pratt with Tulane. He's listed as a top five draft prospect right now at the quarterback position. I wouldn't have known that. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say bust. <laughs> okay. For, okay, thank you. For, for you, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely – I like that segment. We'll, uh, we'll have these segments more on focus when – we talk more about college football, which will be our next, I don't know, 20 episodes? We do one episode a oh, week. We're four weeks away. That's awesome. No, wait. We're like eight. We're like seven I, weeks no, away. No, no. We're actually, I saw When's this. week zero? Five weeks from Saturday. No way. Last Saturday. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So we're under. We're almost to Gosh. a month. But given that's not like the full slate, that's a few random games. I think like Army is playing somebody. But oh, yeah. I, th- I think it's fi- five and a half weeks from now until the real start. So, so lots we're getting forward closer to and start watching some college football head videos. There's a good one for the 2023 season. God, those are so yeah. good. Do we do we want to do ourselves a favor and watch one? Do real, we one real quick? Do we want to talk about Messi? I, I think we should. I think we should. I think we should. We should end on Messi. Yeah. Shopping in Publix. Man, he gets the floor to shops in Publix. He knows what he's doing. That I, guy is already fitting perfectly. I mean, in Florida culture. All I can say is what a day for for soccer, not football, but soccer. Stefano is probably pretty happy right now. But I think it's 
Like this is crazy. It's not like he's at the end of or he is at the end of his career, but it's not it's not like David it's not Beckham Ibrahimovic or end. Ibrahimovic no. where they're really tailing off and can't compete. This guy in Wait, November Rudy? of last year, like what, like eight months ago, won the World Cup and was voted the most valuable player in every single game he played in. He scored the most goals. That might be a fact check one, but anyway, point is He's it's, on top of the world messy. still. It's a messy. And he came to and Inter Miami's last place in the entire Eastern Conference of the MLS right now. Not for long. And also, let's not forget that he's bringing along Sergio Busquets, who's I don't know top ten Spanish soccer player of all time, who was Sergio's no and, and who was starting just a few months ago as Ceremed for Barcelona, who won La Liga, and then they also just hours ago, you might not have seen this yet, signed Jordi Alba. I did not know that. Who's no. another storied Barcelona player. And apparently Luis Suarez has publicly said he wants to come to Miami. Oh my but, God. How, dude, is Miami just going to be, a, be yeah. a team of international superstars and yeah. completely destroy poor MLS players? But it's just like, at the same time, I would go to those Ronaldo games. Has, has had a big presser yesterday and was talking about how Saudi League is better than the MLS, blah, blah, blah. Well... We'll see what the next couple of years look like because both these leagues are emerging in popularity and now they're kind of the face of the Messi v. Ronaldo debate. So we'll see who brings in more talent. But it's a good day for soccer in America. It is. I think soccer is also moving in similar to golf in an upward trajectory. Uh, a few things to say about Messi and the, and the gang. First, I hope you got a pub sub at Publix. I just hope. I hope, you know, Miami, not, they, don't, they probably don't want the carbs. They probably want them in top shape. I just paid a bunch of money for him. How can Miami afford all these guys? Different question. Another thing I saw was, have you ever seen the movie Kicking and Screaming? No. Okay. It's a fantastic vintage movie. Will Ferrell, soccer coach, Mike Dick is the other, or joins his team to get revenge on his dad. There's a scene where they recruit two little Italians from a meat shop to play on their team. <laughs> what are you talking their first game, about? The their first game that the Italians play in, they, they, they check the ball at midfield. They dribble through the whole defense and score. And that is going to be Messi and Busquez in Miami. Um, yeah, that'll be so fun to watch. I would pay money to go see those guys in a heartbeat. I'm sure anywhere, anywhere Miami goes is going to be sold out, honestly. Good for, yeah. good for not less. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll be playing in Charlotte. Anyway, continue. Uh, I mean, you, you know, at one point that's a great thing. These old guys from Europe are coming over to play in the end of their career. You know, you know that's going to help soccer, but at the same time, you're thinking, man, if we could only get some young young guys who are top of the world. Yeah. But that'll never happen. It just makes you wonder what the U.S. soccer team would look like if our best athletes played soccer. Give that's Lamar, a long give discussion. Give Lamar Jackson a pair of soccer cleats and a ball and say, this is the only sport you're going to play at age five. Dude, we, if, if you took him and a bunch of like – talented athletes, we would be the best team in the world by a mile. We, we'd make Brazil look like Trinidad and Oh, they were like, oh, Tyreek Hill would run right by everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Give like, Jamar Chase a pair of, of soccer cleats and, and make that his only sport. I mean, dude, that's how it is in other countries. They don't play football. They don't really play basketball as much. Like, it's a different ball game. We'll here. never know. Man. But we'll never maybe know. we will because maybe, maybe soccer yeah. will get more popular. I don't know. Well... I just wanted to close off the episode and give the listeners a little bit of a, a tease.
Yeah. Just just a couple weeks away. That song give you chills. Oh, I mean, come on now. Um, well, we'll see you next week. Uh, SEC preview. Shoot us some text if you want to be our um, school representative to talk. You know, a few minutes about your team, and we'll move on. But thank y'all. Glad to be back.